0: Welcome to the thirty-fourth Circe 34 Salon. We journey from the ancient world to the cosmos. Take the, advent- Take with the adventure with us. Take the adventure with us. It begins and it ends. The climax of this epic journey, the Odyssey, comes to its near conclusion in a bloodbath of action today on the 34 Cersei salon. And how about that opening, folks? I am Sean Newcomb, and this is the 34th Circe Salon, the Parallax Channel. We are doing the Odyssey, Chapter 22. We're almost at the end. We're at that final sequence of action that you're going to love. And what better person to guide us through that sequence than the one, the only, Dr. Gary Stickle. Welcome, Gary. Gary is gearing up for his action entrance. And here he comes.
1: Great to be back with you, Sean.
0: Well, it's good to have you here. So let's go, Gary. Let's make it happen. Been waiting for this chapter. Uh, let's set the stage, give our listeners a little background on chapter 21. And let's launch well, right into chapter. Chapter
1: 21, 21 was uh, entitled by uh Fagel's the translation I'm using, uh, Robert Fagel's. Uh, Odysseus strings his bow. So at the very end of the chapter, uh, he takes up his bow finally, and then the I- idea is to take back his palace from all these suitors that have invaded his palace and are trying to force themselves on his beautiful wife and Queen Penelope. And so the chapter ends with, with a warning nod. Prince Telemachus, son of Odysseus, girding his sharp sword on, clamping hand to spear, took his sand. Stand by a chair and flanked his father, and his father has his bow. So then we go into chapter 22, and Fagles entitled "Slaughter in the Hall," and it certainly is, as we'll find out in this uh, in this episode. So
0: one key thing, though, the the bow, the test to who could string the bow and shoot the arrow through the uh, I guess the the circular tops of the. Um, axes. Now, tell the listener a little bit about that so they'll know just what happened before we jump into it.
1: Well, Penelope had this contest. She said, if anybody could string the great bow of Odysseus and shoot an arrow through 12 axes, she would marry that man. And she knew that no one, no other sirs could do it because I I think apparently the bow is supernatural and only Odysseus can string it. Mm -hmm. So Odysseus, who's uh, disguised as a beggar man, uh asked to try to string the bow and the suitors all think it's absurd, but and they're they're vaguely uh concerned that he might be able to do it, but uh they let him do it and they're laughing at him, thinking, you know, he's an old fool and stuff like that. But then the goddess uh, Athena transforms it back to his virile, you know, uh manly, (laughs) you know, well built self. And he strings the bow of these, and he shoots an arrow through all 12 axes, 12 being a symbolic number that is throughout the Odyssey and the Iliad.
0: And that is after the suitors failed to do it.
1: Yeah, and so the suitors then start uh, being concerned and panicking and so on, thinking, oh, my God, you know. Uh, So then we go into Chapter 22, and I'm going to quote a lot from it because it's very gripping and uh, very violent. It has the most action of any chapter in the Odyssey. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, Fagel's entire to slaughter in the hall. So here we go. Now, stripping back his rags, Odysseus' master craft of battle vaulted to the great threshold, gripping his bow and quiver, bristling arrows, and poured his flashing shafts before him, loose at his feet, and thundered out to all the suitors, Look, your crucial test is finished, now at last. But another target's left that no one's hit before. We'll see if I can hit it. Apollo, give me the glory. So he's asking for divine help to kill all the suitors. With that, he trained a stabbing arrow on Antinous. Now, Antinous is the uh, leader of the suitors, he's the most vociferous, the most obnoxious, and so on. And Antinous, who is lifting his gorgeous, golden, loving, golden cup in his hands, about to drain the wine and slaughter the last thing on his mind. Who could dream that one foe in a crowd of features, however great his power, would bring down death on himself, black doom? So it goes on. But Odysseus aimed and shot Antenna was square in the throat. And the point went stabbing clean through the soft neck and out. And off to the side he pitched, the cup dropping from his grasp as the shafts sank home and the man's lifeblood came spurting out of his nostrils, thick red jets. And, uh, and then the suitors burst into an uproar throughout the uh, house, meaning the palace, you know, the, the throne room. When they saw their leader down, they leapt from their seats, desperate, scanning the stone walls. Not a shield in sight, no spear to seize. They wheeled on Odysseus, lashing out in fury. Stranger, shooting at men will cost you your life. Your game is over. You who shot your last, you'll never escape your own headlong death. You killed the best in Ithaca. Vultures will eat your corpse, and so on. But with a dark look, wily Odysseus uh, shouted back, You dogs! You never imagined I'd return from Troy, so cocksure that you bled my house to death, ravaging my serving women, wooing my wife behind my back while I was still alive. No fear of the gods who rule the skies up there. No fear that men's revenge might arrive some day. Now all your necks are in the noose. Your doom is sealed. So then terror gripped them all, blanching their faces white, each man glancing wildly. How to escape this instant death. Only Eurymachus, he's one of the suitors, had a breath to venture. He says, if you're truly Odysseus of Ithaca, home at last, you're right to accuse each man of what they've done. But here he lies quite dead. He that incited us all, Antinous. And so then he's, he's trying to beg for his life, you know? And he says, um, so spare your own people, later we'll recoup your cost. Uh, we'll repay you all we ate and drank inside your halls, a full measure too. But the battle master, meaning uh, Odysseus, kept on glaring, seething. No, Eurymachus, not if you pay me all your father's wealth. Not even then would I stay my hands from slaughter till all you sinners have paid for your crimes.
0: Now, has has Odysseus revealed himself from, has his costume or his disguise that Athena gave him been removed yet? Or is he just
1: saying? No, he was still in the rags, but uh, but he looks like a, Himself now. He's not. Oh, it. Like Okay. He looks like himself. You can see him. You know, okay. He looks like the, the great, you know, strong, you know, Odysseus.
0: Right. Okay.
1: And, uh, and so his menacing words shook their knees, their hearts too. But Eurymachus spoke again now to the suit of friends. This man will never restrain his hands. Now he has seized his polished bow and quiver. Look, he'll shoot. From the door cell until he's killed us all so fight call you know swords out lift up tables block the arrows charge him charge in a pack so he's trying to urge him on because he knows that you know he can't beg his way out of it uh and um so he draws his two-edged sword and so on and hurled himself at the king with raw savage cry in the same breath Odysseus loosed an arrow, ripping his breast beside his nipple. So hard it lodged in the man's liver. Out of his gasp the sword drops to the ground, head over heels he tumbles. He smashes the ground with his forehead, writhing in pain. And then another suit is Amphemus, rushed to the king in all his glory, a slicing sword drawn, but Telemachus Stabbed a man from behind, plunging his bronze spear between his suitor's shoulders and straight on through his chest until the point came jutting out. Down he went with a thud. And then uh, it goes on. They went on a run, reaching his father at once and halting right beside him. He let fly. This is Telemachus talking. He says, Father, now I give you a shield and a pair of spears, a helmet of solid bronze. I'll arm myself. The swineherd, arm the cowherd too. And then uh, Odysseus says, "Run, fetch them, while I got my arrows left to defend me." And so Telemachus moves as far as direction. Off he ran to the room, meaning the uh, the armory where they kept the weapons, which is you know below ground. If you remember. Right. Right. Yeah. So he says, uh, "Off he ran to the room where the famous arms he lay stored. Took up four shields, eight spears, bronze helmets, ringed with horsehair crest, and he ran back to his father's side. And then all three—meaning Odysseus and his son, and then two loyal servants—and so the three is the sacred number, you know that uh, you know Homer emphasizes, right." And meanwhile, Odysseus kept picking the suitors off in the palace one by one, and down they went, corpse on corpse in droves. He leaned his bow on a post of massive doors, and then he slung on his buckler. On his powerful head, he set a well-formed helmet, horsehair crest tossing. And the crests weren't like the classical Greek crest. that looked like, a, you know, that, that ran all the way down the helmet. It was a plume that came out of the top of the helmet. Right. A different look in the Bronze Age.
0: Right. You've pointed that out in other, broadca- in other uh, podcasts when we've talked about how they were depicted in terms of their uh, attire.
1: Yeah. And then um, uh, one of the suitors, Agaleus, calls his comrades. He said, uh, he, they're trying to find a desperate way to defend themselves. But the goat herd, Melanthius, who is supporting a... Odysseus says not a
2: chance, and so he, uh, you know, they're aiming to uh, help Odysseus, you
1: know, kill all the suitors. Right. And um, but uh, but uh, one of the suitors goes to scurries to Odysseus' storeroom, and there he bundled a dozen shields, you know, again the number twelve as many spears, 12 spears, and as many helmets, 12 helmets, 12, 12, 12, you know? So Homer's really emphasizing the sacred number. And he rushes back to the suitors and issues the arms to him. So now the suitors are armed, you know? But Odysseus turns to Telemachus and, and basically says, you know, we're going to fight on, okay? And then he tells Eumaeus, his loyal um, pig farmer, if you remember, Mm-hmm. Uh, he tells them to go lock the doors to the storeroom so they can't get any more
2: weapons. And and, uh, so he does that. Um, And Odysseus uh, uh,
1: tells his his son and his two loyal servants, I and the prince will keep
2: these brazen suitors crammed in the hall. And uh, so he tells them to... uh,
1: take the guy that that, that uh, went to get the uh, arms for the suitors and they and he tells them to lash him to a plank and uh, lift him up to the rafters and let him d- dangle in agony you know so that's what they do you know
0: it, yeah he is i mean odysseus is going all out he is holding nothing back and sparing no one in this in any way there's no you know compassion forgiveness any of that stuff he's just like i have I've, I've I had my fill and I'm going to have my blood.
2: Exactly. So, uh,
1: anyhow, um, they hoist the guy up to the rafters and everything and leave him and so on. Um, and then they ran back to join uh, Odysseus, you know, fighting on. And all four are, conf- are confronting the larger, stronger force. And now the goddess Athena, who's the the patron goddess of uh, Odysseus, the goddess of wisdom and defensive war. Um, she disguises herself as uh, as a, a fellow called Mentor. We get the word mentor from this. I was about it's to say the, that's the,
0: it's the origin exactly. Okay. Yeah.
1: And um, so anyhow, she's she's urging him on as this. Uh, You know, this this character, Mentor. Um, And so he, meaning uh, Athena, cried, you know, a driver of armies. But across the hall, the suitors brayed against her. Agileus first. Mentor, never let Odysseus trick unto you, siding with him to fight against the suitors.
2: You know, he said, uh, we'll kill you and your... uh, you know, and and you'll pay with your
1: own head. And then we'll take your property, your house, your fields. We'll lump it all into just as rich estate, and also your wife and daughters too. You know, so really, uh, you know, uh, shouting out of, you know, uh, insults and and possible, uh, you know. Uh, terrible things to happen to him.
0: Well, I mean, it's it's. There's no question. We are in a very ancient. You know, you talk. We we in modern world talk about this when guys get angry. When guys are ready to go, sometimes they call it medieval. Obviously, in this case, it's classical. But we talk about going to like an earlier sensibility when we feel, at least in the modern world, that we're softer. The world's more protected. It's gentler. We don't quite. Uh, we're not as primal. And this is primal. Rage and revenge.
1: Period. Yes. And so Athena is this, uh, uh, you know, character. She transformed into mentor. Um, she quote hits new heights of rage. She lashed out at Odysseus now with blazing, you know, words. Where's it gone, Odysseus? Your power, your fighting heart, the great soldier who fought the famous, fought for the famous white armed, uh, white armed Helen. Battling Trojans, you know, for 10 long years, nonstop, no mercy. You who seized the broad streets of Troy with your fine strategic stroke, meaning, uh, you know, the Trojan
2: horse. You'll see action now, you know. Kill your enemies. Rousing words. And so, um, anyhow, the suitors close
1: ranks, commanded now by The master's son, Agileus, flanked by Euronimus, Demotolemus, and and Ephemidon, and so on, Pizander. Uh, And so they're they're trying to uh, marshal a defense against Odysseus, you know. And let's push him back to the front doors and so on. If Zeus is willing, we may hit Odysseus, carry off the glory. At his command they uh they hurled spears, six hurled at one, but Athena you know turns them away, you know, so they don't hit Odysseus or his or his son or or the other two uh, loyal servants uh and then Odysseus says, friends, now it's now it's time for us to hurl at them, and they do, and they kill all four of them, and they and then, they they bit the dust of the broad floor, all as one, back to the great halls, far recessed, the others shrank, as the four rushed in, plucked up spears from the corpses, and so on. And again, the
2: suitors hurled their wedding, their wedded shafts, but Athena thwarts tur- uh, them. So anyhow, uh, it goes on and on here, talking about... Uh,
1: you know, now Athena brandishing her man-destroying shield of thunder, terrifying the suitors. So they're seeing the goddess Athena, and they're all panicking now. So
0: she is she's visibly Athena now.
1: Yeah, I believe so.
0: Wow. That would, I mean, that would uh, blow their minds. It would freak them out. You know, yeah, because Odysseus shows up, and then the goddess shows up. I mean, that's and,
1: it. And, and the Greeks always depicted her with a helmet and shield and a spear and everything. So she would be uh, absolutely awesome, you know.
0: Yeah, glimmering, glimmering. Yeah. That kind of, yeah.
1: So the attackers routed the suitor headlong down the hall, willing into slurs, slicing left and right. And grisly screams broke out from the skulls that cracked open, the whole floor of washed in blood. How about that? That's. Uh, and and Leotes now mm-hmm. flings himself at Odysseus and clutched at his knees, crying out to him, I hugged your knees, Odysseus. Mercy, spare my life. I tried to restrain the suitors, but they wouldn't listen. A killing look, you know, from Odysseus. Uh, you thought my return would never come. My dear wife would be yours. Would bear your children. For that, there's no escape from grueling death. You die.
0: That, that, again, this is just, I mean, I don't, just it in here, but this, I mean, this is such a great chapter. And he is so relentless. I mean, it's like
1: the Terminator.
0: He has yes, no... It's like,
1: the, it's like the Terminator.
0: Like the Terminator. He has no, he has no mercy on these guys. You know, there's a the guy begging him, but you can just see it's like he's... The guy tried to take the very essence of, let's just put it in the old-fashioned terms, his manhood. These guys tried to take his manhood, and he right. would not have it. And now he's getting them, and there's no forgiveness from this
1: guy. Uh, not not from... Uh, most of them. So, um, so anyhow, um, snatching up one powerful hand, a sword left on the ground. Agileus dropped it when he fell. Odysseus hacked the prophet square across the neck and his praying head went tumbling in the dust. Now one was left trying still to escape black death. Phemius, the bard, the bard is the one who plays a lyre and, and they say they call it singing songs, but he's reciting epic poems and so on, you know. And uh, so anyhow, he's the next one in the story. And uh, so he's he says, I hug your knees, Odysseus. Mercy, spare my life. Calm your bloodlust now. Don't take my head. Uh, and uh, the suitors forced me to, to come and sing. I had no choice. And then here mercy is shown. Inspired Prince Telemachus heard their plea, his pleas and quickly said to his father, Stop, don't cut him down. This one's innocent. And so is the herald Medan. Spare him too. Breaking into a smile, the canny Odysseus reassured him, Courage, the prince has pulled you through. He's saved you now. He's talking to the two guys. So you can take it to heart and tell the next man too. Clearly, and this is an important uh, line in the Odyssey. Clearly, clearly, doing good puts doing bad to shame.
0: Repeat that, please.
1: Clearly, doing good puts doing bad to shame. It's a great line. The words of Odysseus, as he spares those two. And so he tells them to leave the palace and go in the courtyard, and that's what they do. And then Odysseus scans his house to see if any man is still alive, but he found them one and all in blood and dust. So the suitors lay in heaps, corpse covering corpse. And then he says, Telemachus, go and call the old nurse here, meaning uh, Eurycleia. Telemachus so ran to his father's bidding and shook the women's doors, calling Eurycleia. And so he calls her to Odysseus, you know. And then she comes and she finds Odysseus thick with slaughtered corpses splattered splattered with blood filled like a lion that's devoured some ox. Interesting analogy there. And she sees the corpses all pooling blood and so on. Um, And so she comes with the women and she says, peace, no cries of triumph now. It's unholy to glory over the bodies of the dead and so on. And so she relates how many women were in the palace. She says fifty women have served you. you know, she's speaking to Odysseus inside your house. But then she talks about the ones that didn't behave well. Mm-hmm. And she says, some dozen, again twelve, and all went trampling tramping to their shame, thumbing her noses at me and the queen herself. So in other words they, they slept with a the suitor as they Thought the suitors were, you know, in power and would be in charge, and
2: uh, nothing could stop them, you know. And uh, so, anyhow, uh, Telemachus uh, tells her start clearing
1: away the bodies. You know, and she tells her and the uh, and the, and the and the the good women,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and he he tells the uh, you know the uh, shameful women to uh, pitch in too. And uh, so they clear all the bodies out of the house. And then Odysseus tells them to go, uh, you know, Telemachus uh, and the two others, you know, uh, to take the 12 women to uh, this roundhouse. It's called a tholos and it's in the uh, our courtyard. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And, And basically Odysseus is telling them to execute the women for their shameful behavior. In Bronze Age
2: Greece, if you disobey your king and queen, it's punishable by death. And so, um, you know, Telemachus takes them out, okay, and march the women
1: out of the great hall and to the roundhouse. And then what, uh, what he does, he says he, they march like doves or thrushes and so on. And then the uh, Pelemachus, uh has them uh, surround the white, uh, the round house, and he puts uh, a line, you know, meaning a rope around their each of their necks, a noose, and then he yanks them up one by one,
2: so that all might die in a pitiful, ghastly death. They kept up, they kicked up their heels for a little and not for long, and then. Uh, Odysseus tells uh, Eurycleia, uh, but the king turned
1: to devoted Eurycleia saying, bring sulfur and nurse to scour all this pollution.
2: Bring me fire too so I can fumigate the house and call Penelope here with her women. And so that
1: loyal nursemaid does that. Light a fire to purify this house. And this is the last part of the chapter. The devoted nurse snapped to his command, brought her master fire and brimstone, and purged his palace, halls, and court with cleansing fumes. Then back to the royal house the old nurse went to tell the women the news and bring them at, in at once. They came crowding out of their quarters, flung their arms around Odysseus, hugging him, home at last, and kissed his head and shoulders, seized his hands, and he, meaning Odysseus, overcome with, by a love, lovely longing, broke down and wept deep in his heart. He knew them one and all. And that's the end of the chapter.
0: That was exceptional. Nothing more need be said. Let's end it right there. I want to thank Dr. Gary Stickle, as always, for guiding us on this incredible journey. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. It's been great. And thank you all for listening. I am Sean Marlon Newcomb. This is the 34 Circe Salon, the Parallax Channel, Classical Studies 101. We have been exploring Chapter 22 of the Odyssey. Thank you all for listening, and God bless.